Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Hopefully everybody's doing great out there. I kind of want to get into this episode. I'm actually pretty excited to record this one. It's been a long time. Almost 30 years since. The last Bill and Ted movie, it's actually been 29 years. So close enough to 30. And in my opinion, it's been far too long. Bill and Ted has been a staple of my childhood. I remember seeing the first one in theaters. Uh, Of course, you guys have probably heard my last episode on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think it's still a fun movie. It holds up. I think Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I have not performed a recording on, is probably one of the greatest sequels ever made. It takes everything that was good about the first movie and completely wraps it in a different... I guess, feeling film. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is a very chaotic film, and it's a very interesting film. It's very, I guess, 90s as far as the way things look and everything like that, and that's okay. The first one was very 80s with the way that looked. With the moderate and surprise success of the Bill and Ted franchise, there was also the Bill and Ted cartoon show, and also... You had the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure TV show. I did watch both the animated and the live action TV show when I was a kid. The animated one actually lasted about, I guess, two seasons. And they wound up switching animation studios between the seasons. I don't know, it was kind of strange. But it was fun, it was entertaining, it was Bill and Ted, and that's all I cared about. The Bill and Ted live action show, I do not have very fond memories of that. I do know that I've seen a couple episodes and I actually watched them probably, I don't know, 10 years ago on like YouTube or something like that. And that show is definitely not that great. And I think it only lasted like maybe like five episodes or something like that. It did not last very long. And I think the secret sauce kind of to... Bill and Ted themselves is Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. It's one of those ideas that I can't imagine anyone else playing the roles. And, well, that's what led to the early demise of that live-action TV show. But here we are now in 2020. And so far, the year 2020 has not been a good year at all. I was supposed to go to a rock festival where Metallica was playing two days. That got canceled. I was supposed to go see Guns N' Roses. That wound up getting postponed and then later canceled. And now I have two other concerts that are postponed. So we'll see what happens with that. Thankfully for me, there is one bright spot. Bill and Ted are making their triumphant return to theaters. Very few theaters to be exact. However, it's still there if you can find one that's open in your state. I myself have one that's close to me. However, I didn't really care to go to that particular theater. So I decided to purchase Bill and Ted Face the Music digitally. And so I think that's probably enough of an intro. And well, here we go. Starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. In the Dean Pariso directed Bill and Ted Face the Music. Bill and Ted Face the Music has a somewhat similar plot to the other Bill and Ted films. They wind up making a mess out of uh, time. They have to solve a problem. 
So it is very similar in structure to the other films. I would say that this one here is probably a midway between Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Uh, it's almost like a movie that would please fans of either movie. I know that there's some that actually like one over the other. I enjoy them both for different reasons. So I kind of view them as equals, and I view this one as an equal as well. The actual plot of Bill and Ted Face the Music is one that actually is a very wise idea. It builds on the whole idea that they never wrote that one song that would bring unity to everybody, and it would bring peace across the world, and there would be a utopian environment. Instead, they have not written that song, and we have space and time more or less kind of folding in on itself and displacing various historical figures and whatnot, has them being placed in their wrong time period and different landmarks being placed in the wrong spot. So it's up to Bill and Ted to try to steal the song from their future selves and save the world and life as we know it. Before we get too far into it, of course, I would prefer if you would view the movie first. However, I'm going to make it my mission here to try to not have spoilers. So there may be some mild spoilers throughout, but I'm going to do my best to be vague about everything. If you have not seen it, I think probably the big question on your mind is, did they actually strike gold here? Did they capture that lightning in a bottle again? And I think it's pretty much a resounding yes, they definitely did. I haven't seen a movie where that much time has passed, and yet it still feels perfectly comfortable with the other movies in the franchise. So if you're wondering if it's worth your time and money and everything like that, I would say yes. Definitely go and go to a theater if uh, there's one that's open, and of course if it's socially distanced and... Also, I mean, if you can't, then it's not terribly expensive for the actual purchase or rental, and I highly recommend you check it out. I think one of my absolute favorite things about Bill and Ted Face the Music is the fact that they're not usurped in their own movie. It's a Bill and Ted movie through and through. However, there was a lot of promotion put on Bill and Ted's daughters who are featured pretty prominently throughout the entire movie. However, they're only there to supplement Bill and Ted. And I think the girls did a great job as far as being younger female versions of Bill and Ted. In this movie, we have Samara Weaving as Theodora, and we also have Bridget Lundy Payne as Billy. I think that the screen time that they're given, I think it's used wisely, and I really think the writers, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson, I think that they were smart enough to realize that everybody wants to see a Bill and Ted movie, not Bill and Ted The Next Generation. And the direction from Dean Pariso, I think he did a great job. It's a movie that feels just as much a part of the actual franchise and series as being its own thing in general. And that's another thing that I really like about the Bill and Ted films is that they're different. 
They share similar plot devices, however, they're different films and we're not getting the same thing every time. What we got with the series in general is dumb comedies on paper due to our title characters being somewhat dim-witted themselves, but just like them, how they're smart in their own way. The scripts for the Bill and Ted films are very witty and actually very smart. Since I was talking about casting, it's also great to see everyone back here. It seems like this is a passion project, not just for Keanu and Alex Winter, but it's also great to see William Sadler back as death. It's very entertaining. He's given some great lines throughout the movie, and I think it would have been a huge mistake not to include William Sadler's death. He was a great addition to Bogus Journey, and he's a great addition here. As far as Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter themselves, I think Alex Winter probably steps back into the Bill character better than what Keanu Reeves stepped into the Ted character again. I think it's a little rough and uneven at the very start of the movie when we're first introduced to Bill and Ted again. However, once that plays out a little bit after a couple minutes, you completely forget that this is a Bill and Ted movie where, yes, they're slightly different, they're adults now, but they really haven't grown up that much. And honestly, it works to the movie's advantage. It kind of has the it's never too late idea about it. And well, it was almost too late for them because they never wrote the song. But it also plays into two other things that are pretty relatable uh, by just about anybody. Of course, I would relate to one more than the other as I don't have children. However, it shows that it's easy to just potentially give up. There's one point in the movie where Ted is saying that he's about to give up. He's ready to sell his guitar and everything, and maybe they should just give up on the dream of Wild Stallions and their musical career. But I also like the other main theme of the movie in that we would do anything for our children, and not just that, the fact that they're probably the best parts of us where we as adults may have made mistakes. There's always the hope of the younger generation to somewhat right those mistakes or maybe do what we did, but did it better at some point. And I think a lot of people are going to latch onto that. And with that, the movie does strike some pretty good emotional chords there. And I think, think it's great that they decided to I guess make this movie when they were older at one point in time there was supposed to be a Bill and Ted 3 but as far as I know the production company went and went out of business it was actually Orion that was going to produce the third Bill and Ted film I haven't been able to find a whole bunch of information out on it however I did hear rumor that they were going to make a third film at one point not only that, MGM, when they picked up some of Orion's properties, they were going to do a remake. And Bill and Ted weren't going to be a rocker duo anymore. Instead, they're going to be a rap group. And they weren't going to be called the Wild Stallions. They were going to be called the Atomic Gorillas. When I heard this remake idea that they were planning on doing this, I thought it was awful. 
This is when MGM wanted to exploit a lot of their properties. And I don't really know if anyone remembers that there was a sequel to War Games. There was one called, I think, War Games The Dead Code or whatnot. And it really wasn't a great movie. It wound up being somewhat of a, a reboot, remake. It did have ties to the original War Games film. However, it was largely a waste of time. And I think what MGM wanted to do with a remake or rebooting of Bill and Ted, I think it would have been a gigantic mistake. And I think it's a good possibility that if we would have received that reboot, I think we would have never received the third Bill and Ted film as we should have. And it just would have been a death to the franchise in general. Thankfully, it never happened, and I'm glad it never happened. One of the other good things about Bill and Ted Face the Music is the fact that the special effects are obviously better than the other films. I think the special effects were good overall in the other ones, and they did the best they could with the limited budget, such as where the phone booth would go into the ground and stuff like that. We actually get a lot of scenes, possibly too many, of the phone booth coming out of the sky and landing on the ground. I think it probably happens uh, maybe six or seven times. And when it seems like they keep recycling the same special effect, special effects shot, just with a different background, it just gets to be a little bit excessive. Even though I can't imagine them doing it any other way. They had the special effects budget here, so why not do it that way? Bill and Ted are also being hunted down in the film by a brand new robot. I'm going to only lightly touch on that. I think he was a pretty funny addition as well. Honestly, it reminded me a little bit of the character of Death from Bogus Journey, but thankfully he is a little bit different overall. I think another standout scene is actually when they go to hell. Hell looks better than ever. It looks much better than Bogus Journey. Even though I thought Bogus Journey, it looked appropriate. Uh, this here is actually a very different vision of the way hell looks, but I think it's cool when they finally bust out of hell again. You see a van and demons are trying to pull the van back down. It's actually a pretty stunning visual scene. I think it's neat with the way it's shown. And it was well done. A lot of the special effects are well done. I think it's important to note that Kevin Yeager was actually back for the special effects here, and I think it worked out great. Kevin Yeager created Station from Bogus Journey, and I think that was a very cool creation. And of course, he also created the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt, and also directed Hellraiser 4, which... Well, he took his name off of that, so actually Alan Smithy directed Hellraiser 4. The only sad thing about this movie is that since it did arrive so late, they were working on it for the last 10 years. Every time they would go to move forward with it, financing fell out. This pretty much guarantees this will be the last time we see Bill and Ted in a movie. And I guess in a lot of ways that's okay because the movie itself is so satisfying. It will be satisfying to fans. I don't know if you're not a fan of Bill and Ted, if you'll dig this movie or not. But that is the big thought that came across my head uh, last night when I watched it was that this is satisfying. This is exactly the movie that I hoped I would get. 
and they seem to really get it right. So that is the one thing that just crept up into my mind when, when I was watching is, yes, this is satisfying. In many ways, the movie is actually a great send-off. It's not a botched effort the way Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was. That movie, of course, was that botched sequel because we didn't get the Indiana Jones movie we wanted. We got an Indiana Jones and Son movie. And probably the big difference is the fact that Bill and Ted were separated from their daughters throughout most of this movie. So each Bill and Ted and Billy and Theodora were actually able to have their own scenes and their own moments and it definitely played out well. If I was to compare this to anything, it reminds me of the Back to the Future trilogy. The fact that we won't get any more Back to the Future films, it sucks. It really does. However, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Back to the Future tells one whole story over the course of those three movies. There's really nowhere else to go. Sure, it would be awesome to have more adventures with Marty and Doc, but I can't see them making a fourth film ever just because of the complete feeling that that third movie gives you, even though I know a lot of people don't like the third movie. I can't imagine Back to the Future without the third movie, personally. And here, it's a very similar thing. We had Bill and Ted in the first two movies. We had them as teens. We had them as 20-something adults. And now we have them in their, I'm guessing, 40s or maybe even early 50s. And so it tells a whole story. It completes everything. I know that Ed Solomon said that he doesn't expect there to be another Bill and Ted movie. Who knows? Maybe they'll get another idea. Or he said he wouldn't mind somebody tackling with Bill and Ted, the younger generation, with Billy and Theodora. I highly doubt you would get Keanu Reeves back to just do cameo work potentially in that. And I know Alex Winter, he may, he may not. He largely just directs uh, documentaries nowadays. I mean, on that, it would be fun to see Alex Winter on screen again. Of course, it would have to be a special role or a role that seems like it was made for him because he has a very odd sense of humor. I don't know if he still does, but he used to. If you have ever seen the movie Freaked, you will know exactly what I'm talking about, even though I am a pretty big fan of Freaked. It's still a funny movie to me. But honestly, Bill and Ted face the music. I can't say enough about the movie. It had me smiling from pretty much the start all the way to the finish and even after the credits. So honestly, if you have any interest in this at all, I highly recommend renting it, going to the theater, going and purchasing it on digital. However, please do not pirate it. Let's support the artists here. And well, to everybody involved with this movie, if by some chance that you may hear this podcast, thank you for making a movie for the fans and also something that is just a ridiculously positive movie that is not just funny, but also heartfelt. So, thank you. And I think I'm going to close out this episode. 
As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, I have a website, adamanalyzes.com, so you can catch up on some past episodes. And also, if you don't do the whole social media thing and you want to reach out to me, feel free to drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the last thing, if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners and continue making new episodes for everybody. And not only that, I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.